Welcome to the Balancing Hormones Naturally podcast, where we offer you actionable steps you can take today to start balancing your hormones naturally. This is your podcast host, Leah Brueggemann. I'm a functional diagnostic nutritional practitioner. This podcast is proud to partner with Aversio Wellness, where there is a mushroom for every moment, especially when it comes to hormonal balance. Their quality and purity is unmatched, but their golden ticket, the reason why I love them, is their high extraction so that you don't have to take a thousand pills to reach a therapeutic dosage. Let's dive on in. So we have a winner winner chicken dinner for our giveaway. I hope I do not butcher your name. So the winner for January's giveaway from Aversio Wellness gets to pick their choice of medicinal mushroom blend from Aversio Wellness and a mushroom capsule. So this is exciting. This is exciting. I won't tell you what to pick, but I really hope you try some cordyceps. (laughs) Anyway, our winner is Brittany Hassenkamp. I hope I didn't butcher your last name. She won through a story entry. So yay, yay, yay. And because Aversio Wellness is amazing, you also have a chance to win another giveaway in February. So how do you win? I'm going to tell you. You can go to Balancing Hormones Naturally on Apple Podcast and or iTunes, whatever you call that, and you can do rate and review. That's a way to enter. Another way to enter if you've already done that and you want another entry is to share any episode that you're listening to. You can share this episode right now to your stories on Instagram and tag either my personal Instagram, which is Leah underscore B-R-U-E-G, or the podcast one, which is Balancing Hormones Naturally. If you have a private account, don't forget that you need to screenshot after you share and then send it to me in a DM because otherwise I won't see that you entered. Um, And I always will comment back and like it and be like, you entered or anything. So if you didn't get that, then I didn't see it. So make sure you get that and you can have another chance to win some mushrooms from Aversio Wellness, which, oh my lanta, I hope that you all have tried them at this point. I just, I can't. I just love them. I will never stop talking about them. They have made such a positive difference in my life and I know everybody's lives, especially the people who have tried anything with the cordyceps in it, especially the three mushroom blend, the one with the yellow label. Okay, so today we are going to be talking about insulin resistance. Insulin resistance, how this affects weight loss, how this pretty much affects everything and I'm really excited to bring on this amazing guest to talk about this because Emily Johnson has her master's in science, MS. She's also a registered dietitian with a master's degree in nutrition interventions, communication, and behavior change from Tufts University. Her background includes clinical nutrition research, health writing, advising and consulting within the tech sector. So she actually is one of the registered dietitians um, and research lead at Very, which you've heard me talk about them. They are um, an app that pairs with a continuous glucose monitor. She serves as a health and nutrition expert for the team. In this role, she ensures that Very's app features marketing materials and publications are backed by rigorous scientific research. So if you're ever on the Very app and looking at, you know, your nutrition side of things, you'll see like notes from Emily, which I think is really, really cool. So we're going to be talking 
like I said, all about insulin resistance and how you can maybe use a continuous glucose monitor and all of the amazing benefits in the very app to help you reverse this and to really just help and benefit your overall health. So if you have not tried the CGM through Vary, I cannot recommend it enough. I love it. I use it. I will continue using it. I think they're one of the most cost-effective apps out there that pair with a CGM. I'll have the link in the show notes for you as well. And you can use the code VSM-LEA, all capital letters, to save $30 on your first order. So let's talk all things insulin resistance. Ladies, I know that you know how obsessed I am with mushrooms and you probably have been trying to sprinkle them into your day. And I always talk about quality, sourcing, purity. I think I've hammered that into your into your brains. So I want to talk a little bit more about dosage because mushrooms have become such a marketing thing and companies will put this on everything. They'll, you know, you'll buy hot chocolate, you'll buy, I don't know, anything, a bar of chocolate, and they'll be like functional mushrooms in there. And and they'll jack up the price. But dosage is important. So the studies on functional mushrooms that actually show these benefits are using pretty high dosages. So for you to see those benefits, you also need to be taking pretty high dosages. For example, reishi, you would be needing to take anywhere from two to 4,000 milligrams per day to see the benefits that are being shown in these studies. Now, if you look at any of your mushroom supplements that you have in the house, you would have to be taking between six to 12 capsules to reach that. And I don't know about you, but that product that was once $25, $30 is now a lot more expensive because you have to go through so many capsules. This is why dosage is so important when you're wanting to see the benefits from functional mushrooms. This is why I love Aversio. This is why I partner with Aversio because they have a high extraction. So let's take their reishi. It is dual extracted, which is very important when it comes to reishi that it's dual extracted, but it also has an extraction of 15 to 1 which means that when I take one capsule, which is 250 milligrams, I'm getting the crude equivalent of, let me see if I can do this math. Okay, that's really hard math. It's like 3,750 milligrams. So I can take one capsule and get the therapeutic dosage to see those benefits, which means that I can get a two-month serving out of one one um one of their jars or one of their bags and if you want to do a higher dosage you can and you would um, be taking two capsules but how much easier is that to take one or two capsules which also makes it extremely more cost effective to use them and then you also get to see these benefits i I know that it's so hard to know where to start with functional mushrooms and want to see these benefits. So I'm going to actually share with you two blends that I think would be a great place to start. One would be the Awakened blend and the second would be the Balance blend. I've had so many people who use the Aura Ring and they have that stress factor on and they said that they will take their Balance blend and they can literally see the stress dial on their Aura Ring just go down. Okay, so it's there's the data. You can see it right there. So the Awaken Blend has immune support, has brain support, and it has energy support without any caffeine because cordyceps helps increase your body's ATP. So I would do the Awaken in the morning with 
your coffee that you're taking or anything, it's going to help with focus, it's going to help with mood, it's going to help with energy, and it's going to help with immune support. And then I would take the balance blend if you need to, you know, take it with lunchtime or maybe you want to take it in the afternoon or when you take it in the evening to kind of wind down. It has um, sleep support in there. It has brain support in there as well. It has blood sugar balance support in there with the maitake. I I just love the balance blend. I take the balance blend every single day. I love them to death. Both of these blends would be a great place to start. You can start with your energy and you can start with your relaxation at the end of the day and your blood sugar. Okay. So that's, those are two that I would pair together. Um, and there is a two-month supply in each one of those jars, which is incredible. So go to Aversio Mushrooms, and you can use the code Leah to save 15% on every single order. I would not do the subscription because you cannot stack that with your discount. But if you use the code Leah, you can save 15% on every order. All right, ladies, I'm so excited to chat with Emily Johnson, who is a registered dietitian with Very. And we're talking all things blood sugar and insulin resistance. I have some good questions for you because I think that the understanding of insulin resistance is really starting to become maybe a little bit more prevalent. You know, I think that you know people will test their A1C and maybe their glucose, and it's not. It's like not great, but it's not bad enough yet. But I love that your insulin, your fasting insulin can really start giving you insight before everything else changes. I feel like it's one of those, I don't know, the canary in the coal mine. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No, insulin is is um, a huge, uh, you know, a very important hormone in our bodies. Um, it's It's you know, what brings glucose or helps glucose get into our cells so that it can be converted to energy. You know, glucose is the body's primary source of fuel. And so it's needed for us to function basically all of the uh, chemical, biochemical reactions that are going on in our body. So insulin is really crucial to sort of like making this whole process work. And yeah, the fact that more and more people seem to be aware of insulin, aware that things can become dysregulated in this hormonal pathway is is great. Um, super important, I think. And yeah, the more, the more we can discuss that and the more people can learn about insulin, I think is, is really important for understanding your own health, your hormonal health and how everything can kind of work together to support your best health, or even to understand where things can start to break down and take action there. Yeah, I agree. So I know that everybody has already heard your intro, but I would love if you can give us a little bit of a sneak peek into your background and why you came to Vary and why you love them. Yeah, absolutely. So I um, previously worked in the tech sector for a while, wanted to do something, you know, it was not not health related and, and kind of felt like the passion piece was missing for me. Um, I went back to school. Mm -hmm. I became a registered dietitian. I got my master's in nutrition, intervention, communications, and behavior change. So oh, wow. not just focusing on nutrition, but focusing on how can I change my habits around nutrition, right? It's very easy to tell people mm -hmm. what to eat, right? But it's harder to actually do that and carry it out. Um, and so after that, I worked in clinical research for a while. Um, I was a nutrition researcher in maternal and early childhood health. So very relevant to the hormonal conversation, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, and research is fascinating. It's great. It is very important for the progress of science as far as I'm concerned, but research can take a while, right? Mm -hmm. Researchers are always very careful 
not to say, hey, this is exactly what this study means, right? There's a lot of like, here's what it suggests. We need more research to ha have conclusive evidence, which is all mm -hmm. well and good. But my whole thing is people need answers today, right? People are yeah. trying to say, how can I make my health better today? not 10 years down the line when we have something inclusive from a study. So very was the perfect opportunity for me. Um, I felt like an opportunity to sort of help people day to day who are trying to make their health better, who are trying to do it in a way that is not just based on the latest fad, based mm -hmm. on some prescriptive rote uh, sort of protocol to follow, right? It's about tapping into your own biochemistry, looking at um, sort of, you know, unequivocal bio data, um, looking at what's going on in your own body and finding what works best for you rather than I'm just going to take this, you know, list of things and follow it to a T and then feel badly while, when I feel like I'm failing or I don't feel good mm -hmm. on this plan or something like that. So yeah, very, really stuck out to me for that because of its goal of really wanting to make a difference in people's health and mm -hmm. putting the tools in their own hand to find the lifestyle that serves them best. Yeah. The thing that really struck me about Very um, was it is, I feel like a lot of people try and be a judgment-free zone when it comes to blood sugar, but I felt like Very actually really nailed that because of how, well, just subtle things like how they color code the glucose spikes and how they name them and things like that. Like I have yeah. seen, um, you know, certain apps where if it wasn't great, they're like, that was bad. That was a bad food and literally use those <laughs> words and it will, they make anything that's a rise in glucose red. Like it's, everything's just like, stop bad. And they're not, it's like that subconscious programming that you're constantly get like, that's bad. That's bad. That's bad. While very, I, I felt like they used orange and you know they will say things like hey how what did they what was it on the new program that you have oh log a favorite food um is part of the new programming like something you find really enjoyable and that's really stable for your glucose and have it every single day and I just love that flip side of like how can you add in add in versus like you did a really bad job um because I do know, because I've used a lot of different CGM apps, that like just based off of what food you input, they will lower your score even if it didn't affect your glucose just because of their bias on what you're eating. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and I'm so happy you brought that up because we really strive to be um, something for lifestyle, right? You're not always going to get it perfect. And it's not about being perfect. It's about finding the lifestyle that works best for you. This is, you know, to preserve your long-term health, these need to be long-term habits, but habits that work in your daily life, right? Mm -hmm. Habits that you feel like you can manage over. Not a, not a complete 180 of you're going to change everything in your life at once, um, but rather let's pick up some really good habits that we feel like are making a difference that, that um, work for your body and can help you make a more holistically happy, healthy life. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, one of our big things too, re regarding the glucose graph, like you mentioned, is that we are very clear about the fact that glucose rising and falling is a physiological uh, process, right? It's normal. Mm -hmm. You're going to eat, if you eat something that has 
carbohydrates or glucose in it, your glucose is going to rise. That's how your body works, right? We talk about there being rolling hills on your glucose graph rather than the jagged mountain peaks. And that's what we're really looking for people to get because that's what a normal healthy glucose response looks like, right? And people go, oh, uh, you know, my glucose rose or it rose by five or, you know, I, I didn't get a 10 meal score. You know, we have a proprietary um, mm-hmm. scoring sort of that gives you an idea of, of how well you're, you responded to a food. Um, but look, we can all get a flat line on mm-hmm. our graphs if we just eliminate all carbs. And while that may be a diet that works for certain people, great, do that if you want to. Most people don't want to live like that and never have carbs again. So understanding that like there is going to be a rise and fall and that can be healthy, um, Mm -hmm. I think is really important to, again, like not being um, so beholden to tracking because I, you know, I mean, at least as a woman, I've been through all the diet culture that there, there is, right? So I I know that kind of like, you know, you got to be rigid, but um, yeah, I think, I think trying to just be aware not be so, so strict Mm -hmm. and understanding some physiological responses um, are fine, right? Yeah. I like the meal scores, especially coming from, like, if you're somebody who doesn't know how to read a glucose chart, as in you're not really sure what an optimal number is, you're not really sure what a big spike would be and things like that, it's really, it's just easy to go, hey, I got a five. Okay. I can improve. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. I got a nine. I did great. Awesome. You know, what did I do that made it get a nine and things like that? So I think it, it really helps if you have no idea, you know, how to make improvements after meals, um, very, will give you those, the, uh, little options of like, Hey, why don't you try this to improve your meal? Um, which is good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I agree The the contextualizing of the score is important because, you know, there's a lot of apps out there that give you this data, but uh, again, if you're not doing anything with it or you don't know how to interpret it, it's just noise and it's not helping mm-hmm. you. So yeah, I think the score is contextualized a little bit, like you mentioned. Yeah. So can you explain for somebody that doesn't know anything about insulin, like what insulin does and why what is insulin resistance? Like why that would affect weight loss? Because I think that's when people mostly hear about it is when they have like PCOS or a metabolic condition, they'll hear, oh, I can't lose weight because I have insulin resistance. But in reality, there are so many things you can do to help that. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, so let's start with the first part, which is what is insulin resistance, right? If you haven't heard about it before. So as I sort of alluded to, everything that you eat that has carbohydrates will get broken down when you, when you eat it, will get broken down into its simplest form, which is glucose, right? And glucose is sugar. Um, but we're not just talking about table sugar, right? There are, there is carbohydrates in vegetables. There's carbohydrates in whole grains, you know, some dairy, all those kinds of things. So anything like that, that you're eating is getting broken down into glucose, um, to be used for energy. And so when you eat those foods and they're broken down into glucose that gets absorbed into the bloodstream. So after a meal, your blood sugar will start to rise. And when your blood sugar starts to rise, your pancreas will be triggered to release insulin, which is a hormone. And it that rise in blood sugar is what's telling your pancreas to release insulin. Um, and insulin will essentially act as a key in a lock, right? It's going to go in, it's going to turn and open your cells so that glucose can go out of the bloodstream and into your cells where it is then used to produce ATP, which is 
the biochemical form of energy that is powering all your biochemical reactions in your body, right? So that's the process as, as it were. Um, there's other things that go into that, you know, any, any leftover, uh, glucose that's not being used for energy in your cells is going to be stored in your muscles for when you're exercising or just moving around the house or something like that. It's going to be stored in the liver. Um, mm -hmm. The liver is also really important for regulating glucose levels. You know, it might actually release some uh, glucose when your blood sugar dips a little low if you're not eating, things like that. So that's kind of the process and, you know, seems very simple, but various conditions, um, whether it's a chronic condition, whether it's being inactive, whether it's actually a common one. And what we see a lot is um, people eating or seeing those spikes, really intense spikes of glucose very frequently, right? So if you go wearing a glucose monitor and you go drink a soda, a full sugar soda, you're no matter how healthy you are, if you have nothing else in your stomach, you're probably going to see a pretty extreme rise in glucose, right? And so look, once in a while, you know, whatever, that's, that's, okay. Um, you know, you might be like, whoa, that's pretty crazy. You might notice some symptoms, which is important, yeah. but um, that's going to happen. But it's that frequent, you know, at every meal, if you're eating processed foods, if you're constantly eating processed snacks, if you're sedentary, you know, not exercising, uh, this can occur a lot over time. And basically what it does is it starts to break down this glucose insulin system. So it's stressing your body. It's putting a, a lot of stress on, on your system and your glucose is rising so fast, you know, I mentioned that the um, insulin response is triggered by glucose being in the bloodstream, right? So mm -hmm. insulin is not being released at the same time that glucose is entering the bloodstream. It's sort of got like a little bit of a lag. So if you are, um, your blood glucose is rising really fast, um, basically over time that, that mechanism becomes dysregulated and insulin, it takes more insulin to do the job of bringing your blood sugar back down to normal. And so over time, if this happens continuously, your body is, you know, insulin resistant, your body mm -hmm. is basically resisting the action of insulin. Um, and so that leads to high blood sugars over time, more blood, blood in the blood, more, sorry, more sugar in the bloodstream, um, chronically elevated glucose levels, and that can start to break down a bunch of other types of a bunch of other systems in the body, right? It can um, mm -hmm. increase high high blood pressure. It can, um, you know, lead to nerve problems. It can lead to chronic conditions. That's where we start to see yeah. um, pre diabetes, things mm -hmm. like that. So um, there's a lot that it can affect, and and insulin resistance is is sort of a component of metabolic health. Um, mm -hmm. Again, not the not the end all be all, but it's it's like you said, a big a big starting point for. Um, metabolic dysfunction starting to occur. Um, yeah. and I can talk about weight too. I know that was kind of a long explainer, no. but, um, yeah, I think that's often where, um, it comes up with people as they think that because they have insulin resistance, they can't lose weight. And it's like, well, yeah. that's not true. It's just that you have to reverse the insulin resistance, which takes, it takes consistency as with everything. And I think, that I always think insulin resistance when I hear of women saying like, I can smell a donut and I gain weight. And I'm like, oh, that's because you massively spike your blood sugar and then it's affecting your whole next week, not just that one day. And you have all that inflammation. And I think, I think if we could get women to master how to reverse insulin resistance, it really takes away this restriction because it's not that you can't eat 
certain foods. It's just how do you pair them and, and what types of, you know, glucose and glycemic index and all of those things instead of it just being carbs are the devil and I can't ever have them again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that standard thinking, right, the, the restrictive, we know just from I mean, I think a lot of us probably have been on a diet before. And even if you're succeeding in that diet in the beginning, there's often that feeling of, well, I can't go out to dinner with friends. I can't have a glass mm -hmm. of wine. I can't, you know, have a piece of cake at my kid's birthday party. And like, who wants to live that kind of life, right? That's really mm -hmm. hard to stick to and often can lead to sort of like the binge and restrict cycle, right? Mm -hmm. Of like, if you are following the diet, you're good. If you are not following the diet, you're bad. Um, right. And again, that's like a lot, a lot to manage a lot of like feelings that doesn't feel great to you as a person, right? You, you associate your worth with it. And I think what's great about the CGM is like, you aren't following that rote thing. You're just taking in information, you're learning what works for you. And then you're sort of doing this, you know, we try to, I try to really look at it as, as, as you're learning. It's a growth mindset, right? Okay. Maybe, maybe that oatmeal that I had in the morning, like, whoa, that really, really spiked me. But if I add a little bit of coconut milk and I stir in some peanut butter and maybe I actually, you know, reduce the portion size a little bit, that's totally fine. And then I'm not having that mid-morning crash of feeling exhausted at the office or something like that. So again, mm -hmm. it's sort of about not eliminating everything, but sort of just tweaking it so it works better and you can feel better. Yeah, I agree. And it's crazy, like, portion sizes. I think people sometimes will look on the back of a box and be like, oh, there's this many carbs in here but then they don't realize that what they actually are eating is like three servings of something when in their mind they think they're just consuming one so you can get a little can get a little risque there if you are looking to add one thing to your anti-aging skincare routine and you just want a little bit of zhuzh to your skin please let it be mushrooms please let it be mushrooms. I love using mushrooms in my skincare. And thank you, a massive thank you to Purity Woods for sponsoring this episode. I bought Purity Woods, I tried their products, and I just got on my computer and messaged them and asked them to come on as a sponsor because I notice a visible plumpness in your skin. I love using their dream cream. I have their age-defying dream cream. I also have their age-defying night cream, and I also have their eye cream. And they use, well, A, they have incredible ingredients, so you don't have to worry about um, having parabens or endocrine disruptors. They are actually non-toxic. They're free of toxic preservatives. They don't have any synthetic additives, no pesticides, no dyes, no parabens, all of those things. Like they're very, very clean. Um, and they have a signature ingredient called maple leaf extract. And this is full of anti-inflammatory antioxidants and hydrating properties. But you guys, what it does is it actually plumps, brightens, and nourishes your skin. This is in most of their products, I believe. I think it's in all of them, but I don't, don't call me a liar there. Um, but it is in their age-defying dream cream, it's in their age-defying night cream, and it's in their eye cream, which are the ones that I love. 
on top of that, they have mushrooms, you guys. They have mushrooms in their skincare. Their eye cream has turkey tail and their night cream has tremella, which literally boosts the hydration in your skin. So you cannot go wrong. You will love them. You will notice a difference. And please, please, please tell me when you've tried it and you also notice that your skin is plumper. Okay? So turn back the time on the appearance of your skin with Purity Woods Age Defying Dream Cream. So Purity Woods is currently offering you 17% off site-wide, which is awesome, but you can also get an additional 10% discount for being a listener for a total savings of 27%. Go to puritywoods.com slash Leah or enter the code Leah at checkout for an additional 10% off your first order. That's P-U-R-I-T-Y-W-O-O-D-S dot com. Enter code Leah, L-E-A-H for a total of 27% off your first order. So can you tell me if somebody is using the CGM through Very before they even go get some labs, which maybe that would be really beneficial here, is there anything they can start to see maybe on their glucose chart in their day-to-day that would give them insight into like, ooh, something's not great in my metabolic health here. Maybe I need to do some digging. Yeah, absolutely. So um, what, again, labs, great. You know, if you're going to a physician uh, annually, you're going to get your A1C, but the A1C is limited and then it's looking at the past three months of glucose data and it's a snapshot in time is what Mm -hmm. we always say. So uh, CGM is really great because you're getting that minute to minute data and you're seeing Mm -hmm. exactly what is causing the Mm -hmm. spikes or something like that. So um, I think Really, when you start with CGM, there's just a ton of aha moments or like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize that, you know, every time I was going to do a presentation at work, my glucose was spiking and that was actually like exacerbating my feelings of stress and like why I, why I get so nervous, right? There's like sort of a, a physiological response there or again, my breakfast isn't working for me or something like that, right? So there's all these aha moments. I think a few of the big things are what we track in the app, um, which are along the health span. So we have this score called a metabolic health span that combines five clinical metrics to sort of track your health across time. And you can get, you know, your health span can improve over time. And it is a, is a metric that takes some time to affect, but a few of them that are incorporated in there, one is your variability. So, you know, how extreme the peaks and valleys of your glucose are, how much it's fluctuating on a daily basis. Um, Again, your glucose fluctuating is normal, but extremes can really clue you in. So, wow, I'm having like pretty serious swings day in and day out, and mm-hmm. that that maybe isn't great. Um, just seeing your fasting glucose um, every morning, a CGM is going to be able to track that for you and show you every morning, like, wow, I'm waking up with glucose that's, you know, on the higher side of the um, normal fasting glucose. That can clue you into some changes you might you might want to make. Um, your average glucose, right? That's sort of the A1C, but it's giving to giving it to you, you know, every single day and compiling over time. So you can see what your average levels are. So even just those types of things, I think right from the jump are components of your health that you are not going to get with just your annual A1C and will immediately tell you like, hey, I'm falling in a great range. Hey, I'm not. Um, I need to take some action. And then even just you know, looking at your glucose response after a meal, that's going to be super insightful and information you haven't had before if you're not wearing a CGM. Yeah. I have had clients use the finger pricker, which like I am 
so terrified of needles, so I will not be doing that. Um, but then they used the CGM, and they were like, oh, my gosh, why didn't I just use the CGM? Because they didn't realize how stress was affecting it because they didn't think, go, oh, I think I'm stressed. I'm going to, like, test my glucose. Um, so that was really interesting. And then seeing um, sometimes when you just use a glucometer, you miss that double uh, peak. Sometimes you'll get after meals and – it's just, I feel like a CGM is, is much more insightful. So, um, okay. So if you are looking at this and you're going, okay, I can tell that metabolically I'm not doing awesome here. Like either my fasting glucose is a little bit too high. I'm having really sharp spikes or things like that. What would be the top things that you would recommend them utilizing their CGM to like make positive changes like what would you say the things they should switch first yeah so the things that we focus on broadly at very and within the very app um, and within the program which you can go through our very program and kind of build metabolic habits um, mm -hmm. through our guided our guided program so the things that we focus on that are within your control to to improve your metabolic health are nutrition or food exercise sleep and stress now these are all well-researched areas that affect your metabolic health and that you have control over nutrition and exercise being the largest ones, right? So that's mm -hmm. kind of where we focus. And I think the first and easiest thing to do is to look at your nutrition. Now, that's something that I understand, like nutrition can be super overwhelming. Um, but within very, you're getting this meal score, it combines your glucose response, um, your individual glucose response, as well as the quality of your food. And it's when I say the quality of your food, I mean, like, we have little tags in there that will tell you, hey, this is an enjoy food, meaning like eat this as much as you want. This is a food to moderate in your diet, right? It's it's decent. You probably shouldn't make it the basis of your entire diet. And here are foods to avoid. So really easily and simply from the beginning, I would start to increase your enjoy foods, reduce your avoid foods. And, you know, avoid foods are foods that we pr pretty much, they're high in added sugar, they're high glycemics, they're low nutritional quality. So, you know, that's your chips, your, your pastries, your things like that. Right. But we're, we're looking at each individual food item for you. So that's going to be really important. I would also say that, um, fiber is huge, um, because your, uh, when you eat fiber, your body cannot digest it. So it's not pulling calories from fiber. Um, it feeds your gut microbiome. So creates a diverse and healthy gut bacteria colony. Um, and it slows the absorption of glucose into the bloodstream. So if you're eating some carbohydrates and you have, you know, a salad with it or something higher in fiber, like whole grains, um, berries, things like that, um, those will slow the absorption of the carbohydrates and can help you again, like you mentioned earlier, be a good pairing to mm -hmm. enjoy the foods that you like, but not have that super, uh, sharp glucose rise. So again, I would say if you're doing, if you're starting out with a CGM, just observing how, how your glucose responds to foods that you are normally eating um, looking at your meal scores and, and looking at the breakdown of meal scores of what are the positive and negative contributors here. And then in the areas where you're seeing extreme spikes, trying to um, increase fiber, increase protein and reduce foods with added sugar or low nutritional quality. Mm -hmm. I often find people be surprised after they eat a meal and they're like, that was great. Why did I get this massive sugar spike? And 
it really encourages them to go, oh, there's like six grams of sugar in my ketchup and I had like four servings of ketchup, you know, if you don't really pay attention to that or salad dressings, like, you know, things like that. You don't, you think that you're just nourishing your body here and you are, but then you're kind of surprised that you have this glucose spike and it's those little things that just like constantly sneak in and it's you're just on that blood sugar roller coaster when in reality like you didn't even realize until you 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 checked yeah and I think like you said like people start to realize like having the CGM and having that objective feedback you do start to realize it, it taps you into your body more in the sense that like before you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know this is happening. And then if you kind of stop to consider it, you're like, wow, I, now I know why like I was feeling sluggish or I felt like my heart was racing or I just felt so exhausted every morning. I thought it was just because I wasn't sleeping enough. You know, it's like, actually my sleep was fine, which we're also able to track in, in very, but it's, you know, the breakfast I was having was just like giving me high blood sugar and I was really having fatigue. So I think it can help sort of constellate different mm-hmm. symptoms or, or feelings that you're having and help you kind of understand what's affecting what in your body and take that targeted action towards, um, improving, uh, you know, your nutrition, any, any, uh, symptoms you're having or something like that. Yeah. So this is, um, this came from my audience. They want to know if you eat something that you would expect a small amount of a glucose rise, but it goes down, like, just straight down? Like, what does that mean? I'm also curious. Yeah, that's really interesting. So, so this is one where I would say there's a couple things that, that could be happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say one is timing, right? Like, so, so if you were exercising beforehand, you know, some people exercise and they have their lunch or something, you may be still on a downtrend. Um, it mm-hmm. takes a little while, like we said, for, for mm-hmm. glucose to go um, up once you are absorbing it and insulin and all that kind of stuff. Um, so exercise can, you know, depress your blood glucose, especially, um, if it's aerobic exercise, um, I would say meal composition is something to look at. It might be, it might be good. Um, but if you're, you know, eating a lot more fat and fiber, maybe, maybe your blood glucose is going to dip a little bit before you see it increase with, with the, um, carbohydrates. If, if you have a meal comprised of those things, um, because again, fat, uh, fiber and protein are going to slow the absorption of glucose into your bloodstream. Um, a big one is alcohol. Alcohol can depress glucose um, and actually keep it lower, um, e- even lower than like a normal, uh, you know, like glucose level. So if you're having a drink Whoa. with a meal, that's something to uh, keep in that? mind. Uh, so it's the way your body processes the alcohol first. It can actually just okay. depress it. And it's sort of like basically alcohol is a toxin and your body wants to get it out first. So your liver is going to be like, Oh, let's, let's process this first. And then you're going to see that you might see a big spike in your glucose later. Right. So you might be, you know, I have some food in my stomach while I'm drinking those kinds of things. Like, right. Like that's sort of like good advice. Um, but your body is trying to kind of get rid of the alcohol first and, um, you're going to see that spike later. So it actually just, it, it's, a depresses it. I can also send you a blog that we have on this, which is pretty interesting. Um, That's crazy. So yeah, so that can be something. Um, And then, you know, if my main thing with hypoglycemia, because a lot of people will put on a CGM and then be like, I'm going low. Oh, I'm going low overnight. I'm having all these low events, right? Like you're seeing something for the first time. And if you weren't having true symptomology beforehand, 
it's likely not a cause for concern. Now, if you are concerned, always talk to your physician. But yeah. um, unless you are really not like the, the symptoms of low blood sugar are, you know, shakiness, mm-hmm. um, blurry vision, feeling really like kind of exhausted and like you can't focus, not, not exhausted, but almost like, like, yeah, like scrambled kind of um, mm-hmm. thinking, like all those kinds of things, sweating. So unless you're really feeling like, oh, I'm feeling like intense symptoms, it, you probably are are fine, right? Mm-hmm. Um, again, if you're having repeated low blood sugar events, definitely talk to your doctor. But um, I think sometimes just new information and your body, uh, seeing what your body is doing um, can, can be sort of surprising. I will also say that a CGM is me- measuring your interstitial fluid. So it is measuring the fluid around your blood cells. Um, and it is measuring the way sugar is moving in and out of the blood cells, because when your blood cells take sugar in, it's, co- it's first coming from the interstitial fluid and then into the cell itself. Mm-hmm. So if you are not properly hydrated in some way, um, this can also kind of throw off readings. A lot of times in the night, you can have such thing as a compression hypoglycemia. So if you have your CGM on your arm and you're sleeping on that side, uh, just compression on it mm-hmm. can give false low readings. I know this is sort of not after a meal necessarily, but that's just yeah. something to keep in mind a little bit if you're seeing low blood sugars, kind of eliminating those those uh, maybe variables before, before yeah. cause for concern. It's crazy how alcohol really affects it that way. I know, I know. I, know. I don't like alcohol. Not, <laughs> not because I know it's a toxin. I just actually don't really like it. Yeah, so I yeah. never like drank it when I had my CGM. Um, so not all spikes are bad. I know you get them when you work out. Um, mm-hmm. You know, can we talk about why that is, why that would not be a bad thing? Like what what kind of a spike would you expect to see if you're doing a pretty hard workout? Totally. So kind of like I mentioned before, um, with your liver being a component of the sort of system that regulates your blood sugar, your liver stores glycogen, which is glucose. It's just what the stored um, chemical form of glucose is called, called glycogen. And so when you are doing a really hard workout, typically an anaerobic workout, right? So you're um, your body is not able to carry oxygen to your mm-hmm. muscles or things like that. Um, like lifting really heavy weights, doing a hit um, workout or something like that. Um, your liver, your body is going to use the, the glucose circulating in your bloodstream, but your liver is also going to release glycogen in, and it'll be converted into glucose into your bloodstream so that you have enough energy available to do this really hard workout, right? Your body is going like, oh my, look what they're doing. Uh, give them, give them this glucose, give them this energy. We have no idea how long they're going to be doing this for. We need to make sure they have a replete supply of energy to get through whatever's going on out there. Right. Um, so this happens, like we said, when you do a high intensity workout, um, your liver is releasing this glycogen for energy and you probably will see a spike. Now, this is not something I would worry about. This is not something I would adapt. Um, now some people, right. Especially if you have a preexisting condition like PCOS or insulin resistance or something like that, this may be something to just be aware of and say, I don't need to do HIIT workouts five times a week. For most people, that's going to be too much. And that's Mm going to be too much stress on your body. But exercise in general is a stressor. It's just Mm -hmm. a a good stressor. And all of the positives of exercise essentially outweigh the negative. So I I wouldn't want most people, unless you're a professional athlete or whatever, splitting hairs going like, 
oh, I did a spike. I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't, this is actually causing worse Mm -hmm. problems like insulin resistance, whatever. It's like exercise is good, right? We should all agree on that. And knowing that you probably will have a spike if you're doing a more intense workout, um, that's fine. And it should come back down on its own. Um, especially when you stop working out, right. Or stop doing that really intense thing. Now, if every workout you have, you're seeing spikes and just like, really, that, that may be a sign like, Hey, I should probably get a few lower intensity days in, right. I should get a few longer walks or, or something like that. Could be, could be a sign that like, if that's happening every single workout, you might be overdoing it, but Mm -hmm. in general, it's, it's a normal physiological response and just your body trying to make sure you have the energy to do what you need to do. Yeah. So I do uh, horseback riding uh, once a week and I will do jumping. And it was astounding the <laughs> first time I am <laughs> for that because not only is it an intense like aerobic exercise, especially like when you're riding like X race horses and like jumping. Oh, and yeah. Stuff, it's a big workout. But on top of that, like Jumping is exciting, but it's sometimes nerve-wracking. Oh, uh, right. Set up the course, and you're like, okay, I have to remember the course, and I have to remember all these things, and don't fall off, and blah, 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 blah. And the first time, it was just the combination of intense exercise and then stress. Even though it's like a good stress, like you are so happy doing it, it's still, it's like jumping out of an airplane. Like it's still in your body. And I looked at my blood sugar afterwards on the CGM. I was like, holy moly. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I mean, that's like a great, the way you brought that up, like that's a great uh, thing, which is that your body, people, people also notice this a lot, which is that when you have a stressful situation, could be good, could be bad, right? Could be, you know, getting bad news, presentation at work, could be something really, could be horseback riding. Um, your body releases, you know, adrenaline, cortisol, um, that stress hormone, which is going to basically slow down everything that is not immediately needed for survival. So when that cortisol, um, is, is released, your heart rate's going to increase your airways, your lungs are going to expand to get more oxygen throughout your body. Your glucose is going to rise again. The, the liver is going to release that glycogen. So you have that energy. Um, and actually digestion is going to slow down because your body's like, I just need to have everything ready. If, mm-hmm. if they're doing some fight or flight stuff. Right. Um, so it's, it's very cool to see your body, like that's your body working correctly and it's fine. Mm-hmm. And that's not, not a problem, but you know, it's like when it comes to chronic stress, if you're seeing that mm-hmm. every single day at your job and it's all day and whatever, like that's when it starts to get into a place where it can have some negative effects. But yeah, I yeah. can totally see why, why, um, <laughs> you know, jumping horses would definitely be, uh, sort of a good stress inducer yeah yeah it was just it was very surprising but it actually came down quite fast like it came down faster than it it does like post meal like if you have a glucose rise and then I also noticed too that the next morning my fasting glucose is actually lower than Mm. it typically is so it's like um I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing you know that's why you should go out and exercise and have joy in your life (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And that's the thing, right? Like, it's like, I think sometimes we look too much at the one thing. And this is where the the idea of keeping the line flat can be mm-hmm. a problem, right? Where it's like, 
look, this is your body is taking care of you. Your body really wants you to stay alive, right? It's it's okay. trying to do what it can and it's getting you through that time and, and you have everything you need to. I mean, if your line was flat, you probably would feel dizzy up there and like you weren't in a focus yeah. because you didn't have that energy coursing through your body and it would probably be more dangerous, right? Like, I mean, yeah. Um, so yeah. And, and again, like you said, the exercise over time is going to that's a huge contributor to lowering your fasting glucose. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't surprise me that it's lower the next morning either. So yeah, very yeah. cool to see it all, all working. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like every time I wear it, I like put on my nerd hat because I just, I like to, I know I'm like, oh, I should like see how, how stable I can keep everything. But when I wear it, sometimes I'm like, let's experiment and see. Yeah. What <laughs> and it's, um, the one of the other big things that I think is so interesting is cardio versus um, weightlifting because I feel like weightlifting, you are sensitizing your muscles to insulin, you're building muscle. And so this is like a long-term, this is long-term health. But I have found like if you eat something that is um, really moving up your glucose way too fast, I am telling you running is like it literally just like uses it all up it's like muscles please use this yeah and (laughs) it's it's so crazy I was telling my husband I'm like why is running not prescribed if you're a diabetic I'm like I feel like it should be I know no and even just I mean even just walking like that's Mm -hmm. the other thing people like the focus on nutrition is really really important but like there are some foods that I can't like I'm like okay I'm gonna have this breakfast that I like I'm going to, you know, schedule a walk 30 minutes after I have it. Right. And it's, you know, I do a 20 minute walk around my neighborhood. It's, it's back to normal, right? It's, it's totally fine. Mm -hmm. It's faster than it would. It didn't hit that peak that it would have again, 10 minute, 10 minutes of walking. Um, Sometimes I know we can't get out of our offices or whatever, you know, it's like doing air squats at your desk Mm -hmm. that works, you know, Uh, up and down your stairs that works. It's moving your muscles to get that insulin action going, um, and that's why, you know, we, going back to the beginning, that's why it's like a sedentary lifestyle with spikes all over time is like, it's mm-hmm. contributing to the development of insulin resistance. It can contribute to the development of chronic conditions. Like exercise has been well-researched to not only just, you know, a, a session of exercise from anywhere from like, uh, I think it's like five to 16 hours after one 30 minute session of exercise, your body uses insulin more effectively right? Your, your blood glucose tends to be better. So it's that even in the moment, but it's also over time that you're, you're bettering your response to insulin. I, I just, I love it. I despise running like with a passion (laughs) I run because I see all of these benefits. Like I'll, even the rest of the day, my glucose is just lower. It's just lower because my body's like, where we have to use up everything because we used all this energy and it's, I just think when you have, I know everybody knows they should work out and everybody knows they should eat a certain way, but I just love the, it's literally so unbiased. It goes, here's your number. This right. is what you need to do. It's not, oh, you know, you should do this because you, you know, it's better. It literally goes, your number is this blank. Do what you right. need to do. Right, 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 right. Yeah. It's, that, it's, it's hard to ignore, right? It's that data that's like, you can ignore it when you're like, I know I should work out today, but I'm kind of tired. I'm kind of this, or I like, it's like, if I don't work out for a few days too, and I see like, just uh, all of my numbers will, will get worse. Right. It's like my, Mm -hmm. 
if I don't work out for a few days, I'll see my fasting glucose start to rise. I'll see my, like all those kinds of things. Right. And so it's a good reminder. Um, it's also a good reminder. Like I said, with the 10 minute walk, like how little it takes, I think it can be this big insurmountable thing of like, look, I don't work out that much. or I fell off the horse or whatever it is. Right. I, I, you know, was Mm -hmm. pregnant, all those kinds of things. It can be hard to get back into it, but it's like, just start with five minutes. Then we're going to go to 10 minutes. Then it's better than nothing, you know, and it will make a difference. And that's the cool thing about the numbers too, is you'll see that 10 minutes make a difference, right? It's, it's better than sitting on the couch. It is. Yeah. Do you have any top tips or any lasting advice you'd like to give people on how to really utilize Vary for optimal metabolic health? Yeah. So I would say that our program is just incredible. It's brand new and it's based on improving all of these sort of aspects of metabolic health. It's got four Mm -hmm. phases. I'll go through it really quickly. Um, The first one is, again, you're going to find your baseline. So you're going to have that sort of fun experimental like, I'm going to put this on. I'm going to see how my standard practices, like what I eat, what my exercise routine is, how all that is actually affecting my metabolic health. And so you're going to benchmark these metrics, right? You're going to benchmark your fasting glucose, your variability and be like, okay, here's where I'm starting out. You're then going to move into phase two where you're finding the right foods. You're trying to sort of build your list of foods that work best for you and, and sort of the timing and all that of things. Um, then you're going to build your meal plan. So again, sort of like getting, uh, Eat, meal comp, looking at meal composition, seeing the meals that work best for you, kind of building this list of um, meals that are best for your glucose and creating a balanced and sustainable diet that helps you sort of like feel confident in the nutrition choices you're making. And then we're yes. sort of going into this exercise, um, stress management and uh, sleep phase where you kind of learn more about tracking all those things. You're trying to increase step count. So basically what it is, is, you know, you're learning about your metabolic health, you're getting daily guidance, you're having goals set, you're having lessons that you can follow along with to really deep dive deeper, learn more tips, learn a little bit about it. Um, and you are building these habits over time so that you are building them into your lifestyle and then becoming more automatic, right? We're starting with one habit. We're mastering that. We're going to the next one, building on top of that. So um, it's, it's really great for, again, finding things, habits for your lifestyle that work best for you and getting yourself on the track of improving your metabolic health. Yeah. And it's super easy. It's just in stages. You just follow the yeah. directions and hit continue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's not bad at all. I will put the link in the show notes, but if you guys want to try out a CGM through, um, very, you can just use the code VSM dash Leah, all capital louders to save $30 on your first month. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I love chatting insulin and I'm sure everyone found it super valuable. Yeah, it has been great. Thank you so, so much for having me. Yeah, I could talk about this stuff forever. So um, very pleased to, to chat with you. It was so fun. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Balancing Hormones Naturally. If you found this helpful, I would love for you to share it with a friend and post it on your stories and tag Balancing Hormones Naturally podcast so we can get this message out. You can find me on Instagram at Leah underscore B-R-U-E-G and I would absolutely love to hear from you.